Blog Talk Radio. Insider, the show that takes you inside the great Northwest Athletic Conference. Hear from student athletes, coaches, and administrators from one of the premier conferences in Division II. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. From Lacey, Washington to Indianapolis, Indiana, and from Burnaby, British Columbia to wherever it is you may be listening. Welcome to GNAC Insider, your weekly look at the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. I'm Robert Lowry. Tonight, a little bit later on GNAC Insider, we're going to have the opportunity to talk cross-country with Simon Frazier, head cross-country coach Britt Townsend. Basketball is on the bill of fare tonight. Yeah, the basketball season is right around the corner. We're going to have the opportunity to talk to the NCAA's Division II National Coordinator of Officials, his first appearance on GNAC Insider. And speaking of basketball, right off the top of tonight's show, a man who has had a very eventful year and a very eventful summer, and that is Alex Pribble. Pribble, the head coach at St. Martin's University and, well, a newlywed as well. You were telling me before we started this, Coach, that uh, you, uh, during this summer, you decided to top off last year's great year for the Saints with getting married. Talk a little bit about that. <laughs> sure did. Sure did. It was an eventful uh, eventful summer and um, couldn't be happier to have married my best friend, Camille, and, and we, we had a great summer together. Got married down in Mexico. I figure, you know, returning 11 players to our team, it's a good year to, to tie the knot and, and take some personal time. And so, it was an eventful summer, but but enjoyed every moment of it. You talk a little bit about returning those those players, and uh, you returned seven of your top eight scorers from last year's team mm-hmm. that went twenty five and eight, and the Saints made an appearance in the NCAA West Region semifinals, the first NCAA tournament appearance in school history. When you look back on last year's whirlwind season, and it certainly was for the Saints, what st- what what uh, stands out in your mind? Well, first and foremost, I think we just had a great group of competitive young men. You know, every day in practice, uh, they worked really, really hard. They pushed each other really hard, and we got better throughout the season. You know, I know that's an easy thing for a coach to say, but I really feel like each day we were getting better, and the guys were about the right things. They weren't really caught up in the record. Um, they weren't really caught up in, in the postseason play. They just wanted to go out there and, and win each day, win each practice. Um, and, and they really did a great job of that. So by the time, you know, late February, March came around, uh, the guys were really dialed in and playing their best basketball. So it came down to having great young men who were competitive and, and just about the right things. And I had the opportunity to see the Saints play several games last year. And when you talk about a basketball team, I think that really came to the forefront for the Saints. They were certainly a team. Now, you were led by Luke Chavez, your your senior guard. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. But saying that, this was a unit where everybody really seemed to know their role, accept their role, yeah. and excel in their role. Would you agree with that assessment? Absolutely. I think that's spot on. You know, we define leadership as something that everybody has a say in. You know, it's not one guy's responsibility. Everybody's seated at the table. Everybody's voice gets heard. Um, And I thought we did a great job of that kind of collective responsibility mentality. Guys were all um, accountable for their own actions and and about the team. 
And that really paid off late in the year also. You know, you mentioned Luke Chavez, but we also had guys like Rhett Bearlocker and Jordan Kitchen who are going to be four-year seniors for us this year and EJ Boyce and um, just some really, you know, high basketball IQ, tough-minded guys who really pushed us through late in the year and, and helped us achieve. You know, a lot of those late-season games, we were down at halftime. Um, you know, our backs were against the wall in certain moments, and it takes a really tough-minded group of guys to believe in themselves enough to, to get it done down the stretch. And I was just really proud of the way they, they came through last year and, and uh, you know, got it done during the tough games. Well, and you talk about come-from-behind victories – in the mm-hmm. postseason in the GNAG tournament, you had one of the most dramatic come-from-behind victories against Western Washington University. Luke Chavez, as we were just talking about, your, your fine senior guard to be this year with a shot from just near midcourt to win the contest against Western Washington University. Uh, when you think about that game, what is it the shot, or what was it about that contest that made it so special? Because really – if you had the opportunity to see that game, that was one of the best college games. I don't care what division, one, two, three, it doesn't matter to me. That was one of the best college games. And I've seen a lot over the course of the years. That was one of the best college games I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it, it was pretty special, you know, and, and when you bring back that memory, there's a lot of things that come to mind. Obviously, in the moment, it was a bit of a whirlwind. Um, but I put a big smile on my face because not only is it about the game and about the game-winning shot from Luke, but I think back to the fact that, you know, we had a huge community uh, game uh, viewing party down in Lacey, despite the fact that the game was in Alaska. And I think about that community supporting us. I think about the president of our university actually sitting behind the bench in Alaska watching that game. So it just makes me think about the community and the way they rallied behind us. Um, so the game itself was fantastic, but it really stood out as kind of a symbol of just a, a season where the community really rallied behind us and, and got behind us and, and, and really kind of pushed us through, through to the NCAA tournament. Um, the game itself was fantastic. And, you know, the parity within the GNAC is really special. I mean, every single night it's going to be a challenge. This year is going to be no different. You know, the, the teams are so even across the, across the board. Um, and so, you know, it's going to be a battle, whether it's Western Washington in the semifinals or whether it's, Central Washington the night before that, you know, you just, it, it's always going to be a battle. And so that game came down to the wire. There were some really uh, kind of back and forth plays that happened, a block charge call that was reviewed by, uh, on the monitor. And then it came down to that, that game winning shot. And uh, when it left Luke's hands, I tell you what, not only were we confident that ball was going in, but, but our, all the teammates were confident too, um, you know, cause he's a, he's a great kid and he lives for those moments. So it was a fun shot. You talk about a battle while well, your battle campaign begins two weeks from tomorrow night when you are going to be in Provo, Utah to take on BYU. Uh, mm-hmm. You have played a lot of Division One opponents over the past few years. Cal State Fullerton's been on your schedule, Washington, Washington State, Eastern Washington University. So stepping up to take on a D1 opponent is not much of a much of a change for you. Do you like having those tests early in the year to get a to get a feel of where your team is? Absolutely, absolutely. Getting the opportunity to go out to Provo, Utah, and play in front of a packed house, um, you know, not only is it a great experience, great exposure for our program, but it's an opportunity that our players really cherish. You know, they like to go out there with a chip on their shoulder and and prove that they you know they belong belong on the court and that they can compete. You know, last year against Washington and Washington State. You know, our guys gave those teams a run for their money, I think. I think they went out there and they competed and they, they played to the best of their ability. And game, both those games really came down to the wire. So, um, you know, we expect to come into it to BYU and to Provo and, 
and give them a good battle. You know, our guys are going to go out there and, and play as hard as they can and try to execute on every possession. Um, obviously, there's a little difference in speed and a little difference in size, but at the end of the day, it's it's a possession by possession and, and uh, you know, trying to force them into some tough shots and, and us knocking down some open shots. And if that happens, it's anybody's game. So, you know, we're excited. Um, it'll be a fun opportunity for our players, a great opportunity to put St. Martin's, you know, on the map in terms of um, just kind of getting it some exposure on the national scene with, with some of these big-time schools. And um, that, that's a, an opportunity that we're really looking forward to. And then, of course, regular season tips off for you Friday, November the 9th in San Diego against Fresno Pacific. If you are in the Lacey area, you'll want to get out November 19th for the Saints home opener against Walla Walla. Uh, Coach, uh, you know, you've had a great offseason. You had a great year last year. And let's just hope 2018 and uh, into 2019 is going to be just as exciting and just as successful for you for the Saints in your fourth year there. Uh, congratulations on a great year. Congratulations on getting married. And uh, I look forward to, to seeing you down the trail sometime during the course of this basketball campaign. Hey, I appreciate that very much, Rob. It's always a pleasure being on and uh, definitely looking forward to a fun year and looking forward to seeing you soon. All right. Alex Pribble joining us tonight. St. Martin's head basketball coach joining us from Lacey here on GNAC Insider. Well, speaking of basketball, we're going to have the opportunity to talk to the NCAA official who oversees officials for the NCAA Division II. The national coordinator of officials will join us when GNAC Insider returns right after this timeout. Make sure to follow the GNAC on social media. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching GNAC Sports. And visit us on the web at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider will be right back. Now is the perfect time to enjoy a romantic stay at the Coeur d'Alene Resort. Book a lake tower room with a cozy fireplace and a world-class view of Lake Coeur d'Alene. Take advantage of Beverly's renowned wine cellar and five-star dining. Or enjoy the resort's many luxury amenities, including our award-winning spa, indoor pool, and fitness facility. You just can't beat the view from the Coeur d'Alene Resort. Packages start at just $189. To book your getaway, call or visit cdaresort.com. Every time a student learns something new, makes a discovery, or helps a team, it's not just good for that student, it's good for the whole community. At St. Martin's University, we know the impact a well-prepared graduate can have on the world. That's why, last year, we extended more than $11 million in scholarships to our students. Because the more we invest in them, the brighter the future becomes for all of us. And welcome back to GNAC Insider. I'm Robert Lowry, and it is my pleasure now to be joined by John Blazik, the Division II National Coordinator of Officials for Basketball for the NCAA. Mr. Blazik, thank you very much for joining us tonight. I understand you're in Lawrence, Kansas. Is that correct? I, uh, Rob, I am in Lawrence, Kansas, and thank you for uh, having me on and giving me an opportunity to talk about the upcoming hoop season. 
Well, you are in an auspicious position because you are the first person ever to hold the position of Division II National Coordinator of Officials, as it was just introduced a few months back. Talk a little bit about that position, how you became interested in it, and how you ultimately uh, took uh, the reins. Well, Rob, it's kind of an interesting story. I I assigned the officials here in Kansas for the NAIA League, the KCAC, and and the Kansas Junior College League, which is uh, two out, well, they're two outstanding leagues. And I've also been the national coordinator of officials for the uh, National Junior College Tournament for the last six years. And when this job opened up, uh, I had an opportunity to be at the Midwest Regional last year, and I, I heard that they were going to advertise for the position, and I really didn't think much of it because I really enjoy the two leagues that I do, and the national tournament, and I thought, you know what? I've worked a Division II tournament. It's a great tournament coast-to-coast, and there are some really great people with great coaches and and players in the league, and I thought I'd like to be part of it, so I applied and was fortunate to get an interview, and the position was offered to me. Well, and you have a, a very extensive background in officiating yourself. As I understand it, you have nearly 30 years of officiating experience along with your eight years as a supervisor of officials. When you were on the court uh, making the calls, what made you think that maybe at some point you would like to be a supervisor of officials as well? Well, you know, you really don't think of that, Rob, until you get toward the end of your career. Um, I, I loved every game I walked out on. I don't care if it was a junior college, an NAIA, a NC2A Division Two, or an NC2A Division One. Every game was the most important game to me in the country when I went out to work that night. And when I got uh, banged up and I had to have a hip replaced, um, I was a high school principal, and, and uh, I really, really felt lost not being associated with the game. So when the positions opened here in our state, I applied and was fortunate to give the opportunity to them. And, and from that time, I just fell in love. I, I love assigning guys. I love working with young officials and uh, mid-level officials and veterans as we continue to try to get better. You know, Rob, it's, you, you're never going to work a perfect game. If you think you do, you better quit because you're going to be disappointed <laughs> next night. But uh, I look at officiating. It's a business, and it's not a hobby. And um, no. My resume is long, and means I'm old, but I'm also a coach. I was a retired college football coach. My son's a college football coach now in the Big Ten, and and my dad was a football coach at Iowa State. So uh, at the collegiate level, uh, my my philosophy is really cut and dried. It's a business. It's not a hobby, and referees have got to work at it because our calls can make or break a, a young man's career or some coach's career. So that's what kind of got me interested in it. Just as I wound down my career, I wanted to give back and help others. John Blazik, the Division II National Coordinator of Officials for Basketball, is joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. You brought up something interesting. You're a former football coach, and you have a family that has been highly and is highly involved in football coaching even to today. Well, what encouraged you to go from football to basketball? Well, it's kind of interesting. My father, like I said, who is a legendary high school Hall of Fame coach in Iowa, but also went from high school to Iowa State with Johnny Majors, he was a college 
basketball official and worked in the North Central Conference. And I used to go with him, and uh, I just really kind of got the bug, and I enjoyed being around the game. I played in high school. I wasn't very good. I was a left-handed young man that fouled out every game because I enjoyed contact. (laughs) But I just loved the game of officiating. I loved the competitiveness. And I really enjoyed the passion of trying to be perfect because it's never going to happen. And uh, the the more pressure a game is, the better I liked it. And I just fell in love with officiating and uh, did it for as long as I could. And my son even refereed until he went to Iowa to play football. They didn't give him the time. So it's kind of just in our blood. We just uh, go from one sport to the next. We're kind of junkies. And we all landed a little bit on college basketball and, uh, I've been fortunate to be around some great people and work with some great referees, which makes the uh, business a lot more enjoyable. Well, not only have you worked with some other great officials, you are a great official yourself. I, I know you're going to be self-effacing in this regard, but you were inducted into the Kansas Officials Hall of Fame in 2012. So obviously you were a very good official in your own right. When you now look at the game from being on the sidelines instead of on the court, what are, what's some of the things you look at to, to determine uh, what officials are doing correctly? What are they not doing correctly? Or, or where could they be mentored maybe a little bit? Well, I think the number one is it, this position with Division Two in the country. We tie right into the Division One with uh, J.D. Collins and the big – we also work with Division Three Jim Haney out of Pennsylvania – and we're all on the same page, and it's, it's it's becoming a young man's game. If you can work the Division Three or the Division Two, you need to be looking. You'll be looked at as you move up the ladder. The number one thing we look for: you've got to be in shape because a college men's game is so fast anymore. You've got to know the rules, and you've got to be your, your nose in the book. You know, I look just like JD does, and Jimmy. Uh, you've got to have people skills. You can't go out and be a robot and think you're going to get everything perfect. It's still all about people, and you've got to be able to communicate. And uh, I'm a real big people person. Uh, I was a coach's referee, but if I had to draw the line, I did, because the game is out there, and we're not going to let coaches uh, make a mockery of the game or the referees or the players, nor are we going to let the referees be a mockery of the game. So we've got to be able to communicate with people. And I think as I go around the country working at camps, my first thing I do when I watch referees, I just sit back in the corner and I don't want them to know I'm there. I watch how they deal with the players on the court. Are, are, they, are they calling the game? Are they, you know, trying to talk to them a little bit? You can't talk too much. You can't talk too little. You know, I've all, I always try to find the point guard that's going to be the guy that's going to run the team. If you listen to me, young man, we'll all be here the last minute of the game. And, so it just comes back to uh, making it a business, and it's a job, and how you deal with people. So those are things that I think guys that want to work in the national tournament, those are four or five things right off the top of my head that I'll be looking for for the Division Two national tournament, just like they do at the other two levels. Yeah. Well, you're going to have the opportunity to come out here and, and see some uh, GNAC basketball action this year, I understand, next month. 
as you're going to come out to see a game at Simon Fraser, and you're going to have the opportunity to visit with somebody who I've known for a number of years now, the GNAC supervisor official, Stu Gorski. Have, uh, have you ever been to, uh, to this part of the world before? Have you made it out to Washington and, and uh, the Pacific Northwest and up into Canada as well? Well, I haven't been to Canada, but I've been to Seattle a number of times in my referee career and in the Northwest, and I will be coming out with Stu. Um, what a great man. I, I met him this summer in Indiana, uh, in Indianapolis at our commissioner's meeting, uh, excuse me, our coordinator's meeting, and I really attached to him, and I like all three of those guys I worked with on the West Coast. So yeah. I will fly into Seattle. We're headed up north, and I'm looking forward because my new position, the good thing about it, I have uh, no ties to anybody, and I'm going to look for the best referees in America to work the regional tournament. And um, we, we're going to eliminate any good old boy system that anybody thinks or perceives. And I think every referee that starts the season hopes they have an opportunity to move on. And so I'll be in there uh, November 22nd. And uh, I'm not, I don't have a clue who's on the game. Stu does. But I'm sure those are going to be some of the guys that he would like to recommend. So yeah. I look forward to it. I love the I love the Northwest. I just don't want snow when I'm there in November. <laughs> can you can you hold that off for me? <laughs> well, I can do a lot. I can do a lot of things, but I, I'm I'm not uh, able to control the weather just yet. I'll, but I'll see what I can do. And I understand that you're also going to, as part of the same trip, you're going to visit uh, the Pac West and the CCAA at the same time. Is that is that the case? I, I will. It'll be a four-day yeah. trip. I'll, I'll be in the Seattle, watch a game, and then I'll head to San Diego for two games. Then I come back, and then the following week I go to the East Coast. Wow. And one of my goals is to be in eight leagues uh, each year. I'm sure I'll get in more of those, but I really wanted to make the East Coast and the West Coast a priority my first year because there's some really good referees in that area. And um, so I'm going to see a lot of basketball uh, real early. And uh cool. You know, we'll start making and, and, and looking at lists, and um, by mid-January, we hope we have an idea who's going to be invited to work the national tournament. Well, John, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you making time for us tonight back there in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, hopefully, we're going to have the opportunity to speak again before the end of this basketball campaign as the new Division II National Coordinator of Officials for Basketball. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, congratulations on the new position. And, again, uh, I look forward to, to shaking your hand when you come out here into, uh, into the GNAC part of the world here a little bit later. Well, Rob, thank you for your professionalism and being so kind. And I will open this uh, invite to you. You have my number. You know how to reach me. If you ever see something on a call or if you have a segment of something you don't understand about rules, feel free to reach out to me and I'll do everything I can. Um, if I don't know, maybe I'll close my eyes and guess, but I hope you get it right. But <laughs> your, your invite's always uh, there for you. Well, thank you very much, and you, you may very well hear from me at some point this year. So thank you for joining us tonight from Lawrence, Kansas, and I look forward to talking to you again. That's John Blazek, the new Division II National Coordinator of Officials for Basketball, joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. And, well, time now for us to take our GNAC insider weekly wrap up as we look at what happened around the conference last week on the football field number 21 central washington took down nationally ranked azusa pacific 45 to 31 
in an NCAA Division II football showcase matchup. Meanwhile, Western Oregon's Adrian Saldana broke a GNAC record that had stood since the first football game ever played in the conference as he hit a 55-yard field goal that helped seal the 13-7 win for the Wolves at Texas A&M Kingsville. In men's soccer, top-ranked Simon Frazier, perfect at 11-0 on the year, enters the fourth week of GNAC play with that perfect record still intact. The Division II leaders were in action twice last week, posting road victories against Northwest Nazarene and Seattle Pacific. On the women's side, Concordia is up to sixth nationally after another undefeated week. The Cavaliers went to Monmouth and recorded their sixth consecutive shutout in a 3-0 win before playing Simon Fraser to a one-all draw at the end of the week. Western Washington is ranked 18th after a 4-0 win against Seattle Pacific and a one-all tie at Central Washington. On the volleyball court, Western Washington finished the first half of GNAC play with an undefeated mark. The Vikings have won 15 straight matches, and that includes three consecutive three-set sweeps. The most recent victory came on the road in Monmouth against Western Oregon. On the golf course today, the Western Washington men won the Concordia Invitational by 25 strokes. Meanwhile, the Viking women's team was the top GNAC placer at the WWU Invitational coming in second to Sonoma State. And in cross country, there were five teams in action last week. Simon Frazier's Roland Doherty and Sophie Kaiser. Sophia Kaiser were named the GNAC Runners of the Week after a pair of impressive performances at the Conference Crossover Invitational in Romeoville, Illinois. Matter of fact, we're going to have the opportunity to get a little bit more in-depth about that crossover tournament, that Invitational, with Britt Townsend, the Simon Frazier cross-country head coach. We will do that when GNAC Insider resumes right after this timeout. If I lose, I'll respond with respect. If I win, I'll back it up with humility. If I fail, I'll rise up with honor. Student athletes work hard to be at the top of their game. Don't undo their hard work with poor sportsmanship. Please show respect to student athletes, coaches, officials, and other fans. Respect is the name of the game. Welcome back to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. And Britt Townsend, Simon Frazier, cross-country head coach, is joining us now. Hi, Coach. Thanks for joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Oh, hi, Rob. Thanks again for having me. Well, very, very happy to to uh, to do so. We were talking just a moment ago about the uh, fact that it was a, a big week for Simon Fraser as both the men's and women's teams posted a pair of top three finishes at the conference crossover invitational back there in Romeoville, Illinois. Uh, when you look back on that, that's a long trek, obviously, for the clan. You must be very, very happy with the way your team performed at that crossover invitational. Yeah, I'm very happy, Rob, and it it was something that we had planned on all season, knowing that it would be very, very important for rankings if we could go there and perform well. 
last, you know, last year we went to the Roy Griak meet, which was a week or two earlier than this, and found that it was we weren't quite ready for it. So we felt that this timing was perfect for us. We'd had a couple of meets leading up to it. Uh, we went in there very focused, um, you know, realizing that this was probably the most important meet of the year next to the regional championships as far as qualifying for the nationals. You had two placers there, Rowan Doherty on the men's side, the program's highest placer there, finished ninth individually. What do you remember about his performance this past weekend? Well, I think Rowan has shown in the last three meets, actually, that he is our leader and he is determined. It doesn't matter if he's a little bit under the weather, he's sick or whatever, if he's raced a lot coming into it. He is so determined for us to get to that national tournament this year. He's become a great leader as my captain and just gives everything. He's always been a great competitor since he walked in the door at SFU. Um, but he's really showing his true colors this year as a, as a leader, uh, as captain, and as my number one person in each and every race. Well, and he is the GNAC Men's Runner of the Week uh, based on his performance as he was named that yesterday. And actually, you got both of those honors as the Women's Runner of the Week, Sophia Kaiser as well. She did a great job back there in Romeoville as well. Talk a little bit about her performance. Yeah, she she ran fantastic for us, and, and she missed um, last week at, at Stanford. So she's actually only run one race, and, and that was um, in San Diego, the very first one. So I'm really happy that she came back on this one. Um, she basically followed Addie. Uh, for the first, I would say, 4K of the race, as Addie was right up with the leaders in Western State, Colorado. And and then uh, Addie fell into some trouble with her asthma, and Sophia just took over her and Olivia and, and just kind of finished it off and stepped up for us and ended up with a top 10 finish. So I, I'm really happy. I think, you know, we don't have a lot of depth on the women's side, um, but we have some kids that are are focused, um, their quality. We have a couple of 800-meter runners, of course, which we always do that have to run cross-country like Addie and Sophie. Um, Sophia, luckily, she is somebody who comes from a 5K, 10K background. So, you know, the cross-country is, is sort of a natural fit for her and uh, just her stature, and, and she she's, she's very, very focused, very determined. And, uh, you know, she came out with a great result for us on the weekend. You talk about Addie. You brought up the name Addie a couple of times. You're talking about your daughter, Addie, who is a part of the Simon Fraser cross-country team. And uh, she had a, a great early season performance, finishing fifth at that USD Invitational. I, I've got to ask you this, and I, I do when I, I talk to coaches who are also parents of, of, uh, of student-athletes on the particular team which they're coaching – how do you step aside from being a mom to being a coach for your daughter? Is, is that hard? And when you see your daughter, as you talk about this past weekend, struggling a little bit with the, with the asthma, what what emotions go through you? Well, it's certainly a delicate balance, and and definitely I am more emotional when when she's running um, than when she's not. And I, I find this a lot when she's on the track. You know, she's an eight hundred fifteen hundred meter runner, and you know, she's run actually since a freshman, she's been at every national championship. So it, it is, I, I'm certainly way more nervous. Um, I do try and separate it. Um, you know, I have a long history of coaching middle distance athletes. So, you know, she has 
fortunately seen that and seen what has, you know, what we've developed over the years. So she has a trust in what I'm doing, which I think is, is the most important thing. Um, so even if there are, you know, some conflicts along the way, which are pretty natural, um, she trusts in what I'm doing with her and she, um, she can certainly see the results and, and she's, you know, she, she has aspirations of, of reaching a high level. So, you know, she just has to keep doing the work and, and, um, we, we try and separate a little bit, the coach and mom, but the, it's pretty hard to do sometimes. Yeah. Well, as you say, she has, she has high goals for herself. You had high goals for yourself, which you attained. You were a two-time Olympian in the 800 meters meddling internationally. You held seven Canadian records at, at, at some point throughout your career. When you are in a high-level athlete like that, a world-class athlete, I've under, I understand that coaches sometimes who have such a great pedigree have a hard time coaching. Uh, you have been able to transition from a great athlete to a great coach. What has made you so successful? And when I talk about successful, you've won the National Coach of the Year Award seven times, and you've helped the clan to the most individual and team titles in NAI history, which you did before the team moved up to Division Two. So you've been not only highly competitive and highly effective on the track, You've been highly competitive and highly effective as a coach as well. Well, thank you for those those kind words. Um, you know, listening to your former guest and 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 talking about how he he sees people as people first and and to be able to communicate with them, I think that's um, something that I've always tried to do is be able to communicate with the athlete, uh, empower them. Um, and instill some confidence in them of what I'm doing and that I believe in them. Uh, I think that's huge. I try and make them believe in themselves uh, of what might be possible. And uh, I think, you know, obviously having gone through the whole thing, if I do have an athlete that progresses through university and onto a national team, I've lived it and experienced it, which hopefully can help them if they have that, uh, you know, if they have that goal. And I've been able to do that with, you know, several athletes like Jessica Smith and Helen Crofts and, and now Lindsay Butterworth, who was a more recent grad and was a NCAA Division II champion. She has moved on to become a Canadian champion and be a member of the national team. So um, that's my reward. Um, I have a very long-term vision for the athletes that I work with. Uh, you know, I, I want to guide them beyond university if they have that ability and and just sort of teach them and show them what's possible um, if if they put in that effort and have some patience. Brett Townsend, Simon Fraser, University Cross Country Head Coach, is joining us. All right, the Klan has one more meet remaining coming up on the 20th, the Western Washington Classic, before the GNAC Championships, which come up next month. When you look ahead, and I don't, I don't want to have you look too far past Western Washington <laughs> and that classic there on the 20th, but Looking ahead towards the GNAC championships next month, who are going to be the strong teams? Who are going to be the strong individual competitors there? And do you have any hunch on what may happen there? Well, I think we have to look beyond, um, you know, the 20th for sure, because we're actually going to train pretty hard through that meet. 
um, because we have so much more ahead of us. And if I keep resting, we're not going to be where we want to be. Um, but that GNAC meet will be very competitive. The GNAC um, is one of the strongest conferences, I believe, in the nation, uh, especially when you look at cross country and some of the distance athletes that are there. Alaska is going to be a force. We haven't seen them yet. Um, I think we'll meet them at Western Washington. Uh, you know, they, they were going to come to the crossover, I think, at one point, but they realize that if we go there and if we do well, then if they come and beat us in a different meet, then they didn't need to make that trip. Um, for, uh, for us, I went because we needed the experience. But I think the GNAC will be very competitive. I think we are going to be right in there. We almost beat them last year on the men's side. Um, I think we're capable. Uh, we'll certainly be in the top three, um, and I'm looking for a win, um, you know, a, a team title which we haven't had for a few years. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be very competitive. Um, it'll be down at Monmouth, Oregon, which is, yes. can be a tough course. But, uh, yeah, I think, it'll, I think it'll be good. It'll be exciting. For us, the most important meet coming up is the regional championships, obviously, and for all of these certainly. teams. Oh, without, yeah, without question. Well, Coach Townsend, we, we certainly appreciate you making some time for us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Continued success. And uh, hopefully we'll have the opportunity to talk to you again uh, sometime down the line during this, uh, this cross-country campaign. Great. Well, thank you so much, Rob, and, and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you very much. Britt Townsend joining us tonight from Burnaby, British Columbia. As we now go around the GNAC here on GNAC Insider and in football, number 21 Central Washington will host Western Oregon at 6 p.m. Saturday here in Ellensburg, another game under the lights in Ellensburg. Up in Burnaby, British Columbia, Azusa Pacific will beat Simon Fraser, also in GNAC action. In men's soccer, top-ranked Simon Fraser is back in action for two matches this week. The clan will play at Concordia on Thursday prior to a big showdown with third-place Western Washington Sunday night back home up in Burnaby. On the women's pitch, number six Concordia will get a pair of road tests with trips to Seattle Pacific and Central Washington. Number 18, Western Washington, will return to the field for home matches against Montana State Billings and Northwest Nazarene. In volleyball, 11 matches are on this week's schedule. Headlining this week's action is a battle on Thursday in Bellingham between Central Washington and Western Washington, where both GDAC and regional implications are at stake. And in cross-country, six teams will return to action this week at four different meets. Headlined by Montana State Billings hosting the NCAA Division II West Region Preview Meet on Friday. Well, remember that for the latest in the GNAC, you can go to GNACsports.com, and that's where you can find news and statistics, standings, and so much more. Also, you're invited to connect with the GNAC through social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GNAC Sports. We'll wrap up tonight's GNAC Insider, and we will do that right after this timeout. Remember, if you don't catch us live, listen to GNAC Insider over iTunes or at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider will be right back. When I first came to SFU, I thought I knew exactly what I wanted. When I got into my second semester, I suddenly wasn't so sure what I wanted to do anymore. So I started to explore a little bit. Archaeology, communications, history, even kinesiology. And then I decided to go on exchange to France for a year. I was an orientation leader for a year, became a community advisor in residence, helped start a choir. I even took a rowing course. After SFU, I have lots of possibilities of what I could do, but whatever I do, I know I'll be ready for it. 
Well, that's been another fast-paced GNAC Insider. Thank you to our guests tonight, Britt Townsend, the head Simon Frazier, across to John Blazek, the NCAA Division II National Coordinator of Basketball Officials, and thanks to Alex Pribble, St. Martin's men's basketball head coach, for all joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Also, thanks to our producer, Connor Pelton. Thanks to Dave Haglund, the GNAC commissioner, and thanks to you for joining us. We will talk to you one week from now, 7 o'clock Pacific time next Tuesday, for our next edition of GNAC Insider. Until then, you consider yourself a GNAC Insider. I'm Robert Lowry saying so long for now. You've been listening to GNAC Insider, an update on the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Remember to follow the GNAC through social media. To find us on Facebook or Twitter, search GNAC Sports and locate us on the web at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider is a production of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference.